last Sunday in February, as the Holy Spirit shall give me help, as you shall pray for and with me from the topic, playing to win, playing to win. Wherever you are, look at your neighbor, smile, don't frown, don't mean mug, say, neighbor, we ought to play to win. Lord, bless your word. Anoint your preacher, endow your preacher with what he needs to declare your word so souls might be encouraged, the lost might be compelled to accept Christ, and our territory might be expanded. Your words, my mouth, in Jesus' name, amen. If you pay attention to people, places, things, and ideas, then we will discover and experience the significance of both similarities and differences among people, places, things, and ideas. While there are significant similarities that exist among people, places, things, and ideas, those of us who pay attention can attest to the significant differences that also exist between people, places, things, and ideas. For those of us who are Worshiping from the she shed, the man cave, the living room, the kitchen, or wherever we are gathered on this last Sunday in February, we acknowledge there are similarities among us. But we also acknowledge there are differences that distinguish and differentiate people, places, things, and ideas. If I had time, I could call the role among the similarities and differences that exist between people, places, things, and ideas. If you pay attention to institutions of higher learning, they are differences that exist between PWIs and HBCUs. If you pay attention to your social circle, you acknowledge there are differences between those who are acquaintances and those who are real friends. If you are attuned to things that are spiritual, you know there's a difference between the condemnation of the devil and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. If you pay attention to church life and how the church grows and how we do things differently in different generations, you know there's a difference between tradition and traditionalism. If you pay attention to the world of ideas, there's a difference between a good idea 
and a God idea. If we pay attention to church, church membership, discipleship, and what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know there's a difference between being saved and sanctified and a difference between being churched. There's a difference between activity and productivity. For those of us who've ever been engaged in the world of sports and athletics, we also know there's a difference between those who are playing not to lose, those who are just playing, and those who are playing to win. I wish my sports enthusiasts would say amen to me. According to this New Testament text, we encounter our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ engaged in battle with the enemy. As the enemy seeks to divide, discourage, discombobulate, and deceive Jesus, we encounter our Savior and Lord not merely going through the motions, nor is Jesus playing games with the devil, but as the devil seeks to steal, kill, and destroy from our Savior, Jesus is playing to win. And like our Savior played to win, when it comes to spiritual warfare, we ought not just be playing and going through the motions. When it comes to spiritual warfare, we ought not just be treating the enemy like an ordinary colleague or friend. When it comes to spiritual warfare, we ought not just be going through the motions and engaging in ritualistic rigmarole, but we ought to be engaged in such a way that we are playing to win. And I preached this word on this last Sunday in February as we are marching towards the cross of Calvary and Resurrection Sunday to encourage every man and woman to embrace the challenge of becoming like Jesus by playing to win. Unless you and I play to win, we will easily fall prey to the schemes, the tactics, the demonic oppression that the enemy wants to use to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. And let me pause parenthetically to somebody who thinks this is just uh, antiquated preaching. The devil is real. I'm not talking about a figure with a red pitchfork. I'm not talking about a Halloween costume character. The devil is real. Warfare is real. There's some things you ought not play with. 
And the devil is one that we ought not play with. No, God has more power than the devil, and the devil is a defeated foe, but like a scared animal. The devil wants to do as much damage as he can do and wreak as much havoc in our lives as he can before he is thrown into the sea of eternal death. If he can destroy your marriage, he will. If he can get you hooked on heroin, crack cocaine, scramble, he will. If he can get you and I addicted to something we have no business being addicted to, he will. If he can use us to steal, kill, and destroy from other people, he will. If he can use us to act a fool and destroy the lives of other people and leave a body count instead of a blessing count, he will. Don't think for one moment that the devil ain't real and spiritual warfare won't show up in your life. Yet we look at this New Testament text. Help me preach this. And we discover Jesus is not playing with the enemy, but Jesus is playing to win. And I preach this message to encourage every believer to equip yourself with the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the sandals of peace. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. The breastplate of righteousness, everything you and I need. So when we do battle with the devil, we ain't just running up and down a field. We ain't just running up and down a court. But we are standing with our feet squared, our shoulders strong, Say, come on, give me your best shot. You couldn't take me out last year, but I know you're coming back again. But I got the help. Can I preach this word in here? I ain't come to play, but I've come to play to win. How do you play to win? Can I preach this word on this Sunday morning? We play to win by accepting affirmation from the Almighty. Preach, Pastor. Look at the text. The text begins in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Jesus has been baptized by his cousin John. Coming up out of the Jordan River, there is a tremendous theological experience. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are convening here on this great occasion where God the Father affirms his Son. God the Father says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Right after this experience, the Spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness of Yeshimon where the devil wants to distract Jesus, divide Jesus from God the Father, discombobulate Jesus, and deceive Jesus into believing he is less than the Son of God. But because Jesus had been affirmed by his heavenly Father, y'all ain't talking to me, Jesus had some ammunition and equipment to look at the devil, dust his shoulder off, go the other way, because the affirmation of God makes a difference in your life. Let me help somebody on this Sunday morning who has a hard time being affirmed. You ain't that tough. 
You ain't that hard. You ain't that much of a thug or thugette that you don't need the affirmation of Almighty God. Can I preach this? Life gets tough. The hills get high. The valleys get deep. And every now and then, you need a word not just from the preacher, not just from the choir leader, not just from the sopranos or the altos, but you need a word from Almighty God that affirms who you are in God. Can I preach this? That's why some things you ought not receive into your spirit. If the Negro or Negroette is toxic, you better cut it off quick. If he or she is messy, you better cut it off. You ain't a B or H. You ain't an N. You are a child of God. Let God affirm who you are in him. We are the head, not the tail. We are blessed coming in. We are saints of the most high God. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are blessed and highly favored. We got to receive and accept affirmation from God. God ain't cussing you out. God ain't demeaning you. God ain't telling you what you ain't. God ain't telling you what you haven't been. God ain't telling you what you can do. God says your latter days will be greater than your former days. And maybe some of us can't fight because we have listened to too much toxic language. What we say matters. How we communicate to each other matters. How we communicate to and about our children matters. You play to win by accepting affirmation from the Almighty. I can't stop right there. The text says that as Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus is hungry for 40 days and 40 nights Jesus is wielding the weapons of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm going somewhere. You win when you use the weapons at our disposal. You don't go into a gunfight with a butter knife. You don't go into battle unequipped and unarmed. And Jesus goes into battle, help me preach, Watch Chapel, praying and fasting and using the word of God. When you and I are in a battle, we don't need to cuss nobody out. When the devil shows up, we don't need to put your hands on your hips and get nobody told. When you and I are in battle, we don't need to use four-letter words that are not love, hope, and pray. When you and I are in battle, we don't need to call the IRS or the North Carolina SBI on somebody. When you and I are engaged in battle, God has given us everything we need not just to battle, but to win the battle if you and I are willing to use the weapons at our disposal. 
Preacher, what do you mean weapons at your disposal? For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus turned down his plate and sought God. While Jesus was seeking God, God supernaturally was pouring into him everything he needed. For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was praying to God, his Father, so God the Father could bless God the Son in battle. Every time the devil came at Jesus, Jesus quoted scripture. The devil tried to twist scripture, but Jesus, help me somebody, was so immersed in the word of God that he could use scripture accurately to overcome the attack of the enemy. I'm preaching this to encourage everybody to use what God gives you. Worship on Sunday is a weapon. When you come to worship on Sunday, worship helps us lift our head. Praying to God is a weapon. God, I can't do this in my own power. I need your help. Fasting and praying is a weapon. Go 10 days, turn your plate down, and see what God does in your life. Fellowship with the right people is a weapon. Iron sharpens iron. Use what God gives us for to win the battle. Uh, the word of God, the sword of the spirit is a weapon. Do I have anybody on this Sunday morning who's ever been low? I mean down so low. But you encountered the word of God. And the word of God, whether preached, whether read, whether sung, whether you meditated on the word, the word lifted your spirit. The devil is a liar. The devil is a doggone liar. Can I preach the way I want to preach? And you and I can't lie, can't fight fire with fire, but we've got to learn how to fight fire with the word of God. When the devil says you can't say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. When the devil says you, are, hey, you ain't going to overcome this, you tell the devil all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called by according to his purpose. When the devil says you don't have enough, you respond with the word of God. Say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. When the devil comes your way, say, can I preach this? Weeping will endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When the enemy shows up and the enemy will show up, say, though weapons form against me, the weapons of the enemy shall not prosper. If we're going to play to win, we got to use the weapons at our disposal. Accept affirmation from the Almighty. But if we're going to play the win, we have to honor the help from heaven. Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He's hungry, he's not thirsty. He has been subsisting on water for 40 days and 40 nights. 
And now at the end of this 40-day season, after he has said no to every temptation, the text says in verse 11 that the angels came and ministered to Jesus. The devil left him for a season, but the angels came and ministered to Jesus. I feel like preaching now. Whenever you and I do battle with the enemy, we are not fighting by our lonesome. Whenever we do battle against the forces of darkness, you don't have to worry about somebody having your back. God, your heavenly father, who sits high but looks low, God, who has the whole world in his hands, is never going to allow us to fight by ourselves. But God, who is a great provider, will send angels to minister in our point of weakness. Can I holler on this Sunday morning? How many of us have ever received help from heaven? You know you didn't see anybody, but you almost got in an accident, but somehow you made a right turn to avoid the accident. The doctor said things don't look good, but 36 hours later, they diagnosed the problem, and out of nowhere, it seems like your healing came. Anybody ever receive help from heaven? You were suicidal, about to take your own life, but out of nowhere, God sent somebody to say, keep on living. I got your back. You're going to make it through this. You didn't think you would make it to where you are right now. But how we got over is we received help from heaven. I got to go old school this Sunday morning. How many people know the song is true all day and all night? I got angels watching over me. Anybody here because you know some angels showed up? You almost lost it, but an angel showed up. You almost killed, but an angel showed up. You almost took your own life, but an angel showed up. The car was totaled, but you walked away because an angel showed up. Go on and fight. When you get back in the ring, don't lie down and play dead. You got help from heaven. Go on and win. You are more than a conqueror. You are a victor. You are a winner. Yes, I am. Go on and fight. You ain't just running around on the field. You ain't just running around to get a little certificate to say you were on the team. You fighting to win. We playing to win. We don't have to yield to temptation. We can fight. You got more for you than you got against you. You got the word. You got people praying for you. You got prayer. 
You can fast. You can call somebody to ask them to pray for you. Somebody right now, you need a savior. Can't fight by yourself. Somebody, anybody ever have a fight where you glad you had a big brother, a big sister, or you had some people from your neighborhood? He said, no, we ain't gonna let it go down like that. No, uh-uh. He belonged to us. She belonged to us. It ain't gonna happen like y'all just going now, going back, going home now. You're not saved, you don't have a church home. We extend this invitation to you, my sister, my brother, for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. We extend this invitation to you, my sister, my brother for you to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are one of the 252 that we are claiming this year. God's going to grow us in a pandemic. Preacher, how do you know? I'm speaking by faith. I'm speaking by faith. Faith is a weapon. You got your head down, cynical, pessimistic. What if it don't work? What if God sends 300? Got to learn how to speak a word of faith. Come here, Fred Price. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. We receive you. We want to be your church family. We want to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are fighting with you. We are playing to win. In Jesus' name, amen.